You're listening to Inside the Mix, Episode 2. Welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm your host, Mark Matthews, and I'm excited to have you here with me today. Whether you're a synth music producer, artist or enthusiast, I promise you'll get something out of this show. Every fortnight, I serve up interviews with synth music artists and provide you with an insight into their careers, creative processes, influences and music industry tips and stories. Let's dive in. In today's episode, I'm joined by Tony Fitz, a friend of mine from my days studying an MSc in music engineering and production at the University of South Wales. Fitz is a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter and creative based in Newport. So without further ado, let's dive in. Yes, Mark. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How about you? Yeah, yeah I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's been a long time, hasn't it? A long time. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I spoke to you. Probably, well, it's got to be like three or four years ago. Oh, Christ. Really? <laughs> Where's it going? It's got to be. Go? I know, I know. I think I, uh, I had a memory come up on my, on my phone, which was Berlin. Berlin was four years ago. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life-changing moments. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about Go it. Go down man. in history, that did, mate. Yeah, you know what? That was a great trip, though. That was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that trip. Same, thoroughly enjoyed same. that trip, man. What was you your favourite part? Oh, I'd say Hansa Museum was good. You remember going to Hansa? Yeah. Is that, is Hansa? Yeah, I think that was, that's what I would say. When we were all stood in the, um, in, you know, in the control room, listening to, listening to Heroes play through the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the monitors, there was something else. Yeah, and I, if I remember, and we went into the live room, but we, I can't yeah. remember. Were we not allowed to touch anything in the live room, or did somebody play a piano? Somebody played right. a piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember his name. He used to run the SU bar, uh, not the SU bar, the open mic night in there. I think. I can't remember, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I was half, to be fair, I was half asleep. I was half asleep <laughs> when we got there. I think we walked across <laughs> the best part of Berlin that day. Yeah. yeah. Four yeah, years, it was miles. I remember so just to get to anywhere, wasn't it? It was a good twenty minute, half an hour, forty minute walk. Yeah, trek. yeah. And where we were positioned as well in that uh, in the hostel thing we were staying in was like <laughs> there was nothing around there. You had the main yeah. station, but Christ, that's it. I need to yeah, the back. other side of town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I need to go back. I need to go back there. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. So how are you anyway? Right. But I'll, I'll let you know. It's, it is recording. I, I just said it's recorded straight straight from the off. Um, sure, yeah. How, how how are you doing anyway? So what are you up to these days? Um, well, it's to be honest, um, it doesn't feel like four years. Only because in that time we've just been trying to, you know, trying to sort out a, 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 a regular job. You know, a decent, stable job. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 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 other than that, I mean, it's taken me. To, to until now to get to this kind of space where I'm at inside my room now where I've got I've got like enough space to to breathe while I'm being creative yeah um, yeah 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 I know that so yeah I mean with 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 that being the case I mean it's just well yeah I mean but to keep it simple I've been trying to sort out a job I mean I've flitted between a couple of different jobs um I should have just committed while I was in uni, mate. I should have wrote that <laughs> smash hit when I was in yeah. Masters, you know, and just like... Oh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Honestly, honestly, yeah. if I could go back, but there we are, it's all right. I mean, you, you know, what do they say? Not to rush, can't rush things. Yeah, totally, man. Perseverance as well. Got to keep at it. Persevere. Yeah. Perseverance. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, totally, you, totally. He's still in, um, he's still in South Wales. I am in South Wales, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've got no plans to rush off anywhere. You yeah. know, been here eleven years now. And, Is um, it really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. It's like, I say, like the reason, part of the reason why, um, part of the reason why we, you know we get onto the get onto the, the music in a, in a bit, yeah, like yeah, what yeah. we talk. Well, part of the reason and the motivation is is realizing is that I woke up and realized, Christ, I'm I'm 33. I better do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally the same, mate. I I, I had that yeah. sort of um, that thought process. That's why I went into the the teaching game like two or three years yeah. ago. I was like, well, I'll, I'll get that under my belt. Like, gives me plan plan A, as it were, and then I'll um I'll, I'll I'll do all the music stuff as well, you know. And this is where I find myself now, which is why I've been able to in the last year. Once, once I've got that solid foundation, been able to actually start cracking on and releasing stuff, and 
yeah. starting a podcast and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been yeah. it's been really it's been massively inspiring to see you get get your ball rolling, especially with you know with your releases and uh, Cheers, man. your you know producing tips online. Honestly, I mean to be honest with you, it's almost like. Maybe we're, there's a few of us that kind of went through similar things. We went through uni, it was a bit quiet for a little bit, and then yeah. before you know it, everyone's popping up at the same time, which is it's great to see. Yeah, it's all about um, for me because I've, I've been I've been in the band before and stuff, so I right. knew how long it was going to take to to start to get any traction. Start from scratch is so hard, like and sure, like, yeah. just even even now, I mean, it's still it's still like really early days, but just. Yeah. And just not getting disheartened, and just they call it the compound effect. I've been I've been reading right, up on okay. so much business, so much business stuff, and it's all about okay. doing those little things. Just keep doing them, and keep doing them, and keep doing it, and then eventually those dominoes, the bigger ones, you start with the small ones, and the bigger ones will fall thereafter. And that's that's the okay. thought process I keep going with, and and, yeah, it, yeah, and, it, sure. and it seems to and it seems to be working. But persevere with the music, mate. The way I saw it was when I when I was writing like like last year. And um, I'm, I'm very much a perfectionist. And I was like, no, I can't release it until yeah. it's finished. Can't do it. And then it got I to the point where I was like, no, nah, I was just like, no, nah, fuck it. It's going out. I'm, I'm releasing it. It's got to go. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit on it for ages. And um, I listen to some of the tracks back now and I'm like, I suck my teeth. I'm like, oh, I could change this. I could change that. But just just write, mate, and just just release it. Just get it out. Yeah. That's what I would say. I think um, um, one of the major sort of personal type things, like you say, is getting getting – sort of getting over the expectations of who who you potentially might be playing to, you know. I mean, I've only mm-hmm. got a small following on my on my Instagram which but the what I'm trying to do is I think having made all the previous having made all the wrong mistakes previously, this time around it's about that authenticity and just trying to bring build it up something which where people um I don't know, could, could either relate to it or enjoy it at least just enjoy yeah, it a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think just just make music that you want to make. I, I think it's clear. I know it yeah. sounds quite cliche to say it, but it, that is that. But it's that hard, is what it is. isn't it? It's yeah. hard. It's hard to actually do that. You know, to actually because I think uh, I think ultimately it comes down to a little bit of um, letting your guard down. You know, mm-hmm. and, and being able to go go fearlessly into you know into a realm of making music. I mean, ultimately being a songwriter, it's always difficult to really, really put your heart on your sleeve and just go. This is exactly what I'm feeling right now, and this is how I'm going to say it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, and then you're second guessing it, being a writer and editor. I mean, obviously, editing is never ending until you record the song, but to to be fearless and just to say what it is that's on your heart or what on your mind, and to be able to do that. I mean, I think it's. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, for me personally, it's been it's been a bit of a journey, to, a struggle, and a journey to get to. Yeah, I, I totally agree, mate. I mean. I think I come at it from a slightly slightly different angle. With me, I'm very much of like my sound design, so it's kind of a, a, a similar thing. So all the, I would say, sort of like eight out of ten sounds that are on a, a single that I released are all the sounds are all designed by me, and right. yeah, and it is what I think sounds good at that moment. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. I'm like, I'm not trying to make a sound that already exists. It's like a sound that represents what's in my head and what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's, yeah it's kind of hard, it's kind of weird to explain um it's not a conventional sound i don't i don't follow like tutorials online that say right this is how you make a pad this is how you make an arp um it's kind of like well good, i'm just going to mess good. with the put these things together and see what it sounds like in the end yeah there are bits and pieces that are in there and i'm like actually i do need an arp and i do need a pad but yeah that authentic was what was the key word from when i was at uni it was authenticity that was it that's yeah that was that was drilled, drilled into it me. Haunts me mate. authenticity <laughs> How, what makes you authentic fucking haunts me man honestly yeah <laughs> sorry swear about but no honestly, right, yeah it haunts me authentic what is authentic what is authenticity yeah. at the end of the day but then that's that's the ultimate that's the i don't know that's the um the the crux of it isn't it? Yeah. What know. is authentic? I, I think I wrote yeah. a, whole, a whole paper on it, and I, at the end of it, I still was like, oh, I don't really know, to be honest. I just yeah. I just wrote I just wrote four thousand words and, and some some random. I think I did it on I think I did it on Nirvana or something. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> random. Oh, um, yeah. So what, what I'll do is um, sort of like introduction wise. So for for those listening, uh, this is uh, this. Uh, I'm talking to Fitz. So Fitz, I went to, I, I met when I was a 
doing my master's degree in the University of South Wales a few a few a number of years ago, as you probably know now, having listened to the the first ramble that we've just been through. Um, <laughs> so you consider yourself a, a what like a I guess would it be a single songwriter or do, do, do you categorise yourself? Yeah, I, I find it really difficult to explain and categorise myself. So yeah, singer songwriter is like I'm just in the process of um, uh, getting to a place where I'm producing my own sound and, and and having the confidence to release it out to the public properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, and a guitarist. Yeah, yeah, guitarist. A little bit of keys. Um, yeah. Quite a little bit of experience on. Um, Electronic music production, bashing samples about and that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, so, first question. <laughs> this is always the, the, the million dollar question. What brought you to music? What influenced you? What sort of like, what was that defining moment that made you think, actually, you know what? I want to start writing writing music. I want to pursue this. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was my mum. It was. My mum was, um, she was a rocker. She is a rocker, full on hippie, like. She's the crazy lady of the town. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, when I was a kid growing up, used to be, every Sunday there used to be a long line of motorbikes outside the front, and she'd have lots of friends around, and there'd be the guitars going on, and food being cooked in the kitchen, and that kind of, like, oh, wow. um, communal like, atmosphere, rockers and bikers, yeah. So heavy metal, like, blaring out the speakers and, you know, that kind of thing. And so that – and when I was about six – my mum's friend at the time, and then never forget, never forget his name. Um, Polish fella, his name, Polish fella he was. But he he handed me a Fender Strat, a red one, and uh, he showed me four chords. Yeah. And it was from from that moment, I, I knew that I'd learned something brand new. I mean, I knew that I'd been given something really, really fresh, like to learn music and put those four chords together. I think, see, at the time, I'd already the chords I learned was like G. E minor, C, and I was just about D. to say C, C major. That's always thrown in there. Classic, classic yeah. first chord, C major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, put those together. You've got your typical shoe up kind of thing. And yeah. I, 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 it's like six years of age getting onto that. I was like, wow, oh, I've really got something here. <laughs> you can play some status quo. Status quo only use like what, like two, two or three chords, isn't it? That's probably a, that's right, probably yeah. a, a, a sweeping statement for status quo fans, but. <laughs> um, I'm fairly certain yeah. that you use two, two or three chords. We'll be right back. So I've got a hunch about a common struggle we all face, mastery. If you're an independent artist or music producer, you've probably encountered the frustration of masters that just don't hit the mark, right? They lack balance and refuse to play nicely across different devices and environments. Ever found yourself wondering, why don't my masters sound like my references? Perhaps you've spent countless hours attempting to master your tracks only to be unsatisfied with the results. Maybe you've tried every Silver Bullet plugin or even dabbled in AI. Or perhaps you're already working with an engineer, but you're eager to explore different possibilities. Well, here's the solution you've been searching for, Synth Music Mastering. I'm offering a game-changing opportunity with a one-time free test master for a limited time. Picture elevating your music with my unwavering commitment to quality and a personalized touch that you just don't get with the big mastering studios. The best part, it won't cost you a penny. Just submit your finished mix and let's see how we can transform your music together. Don't let mastering be a mystery any longer. Say goodbye to the frustration and step into a world of sonic excellence. Grab your free test master now, click the link in the episode description, or head over to synthmusicmastering.com. That's it, yeah. And that, and it was things like that, which was, um, you know, it was sayings like that that were floating around me when I was younger, ACDC as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and it was it was all these old fellas, older fellas saying things like that. You know, it made me think, well, surely it can't be too hard. So it was about six, and I played the guitar, and then um, yeah, my mum bought me a little acoustic, little a little three quarter size acoustic. So I was tinkering around with that. But when I was around about eight or nine, I got at the keyboard, and there was um, there was a demo button on the keyboard, and I think it was a Mozart piece or something. <laughs> and I remember it, it was, those. Yeah, was that a Yamaha yeah. keyboard by any chance? I think it was. It was really small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I think it was at that time I just said, do you know what? I really, I'm going to make a symphony like that one day. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go for it. That, that's what I wanted. And from my heart, always, I knew that I wanted to write music then. Just yeah. that since then, life was 
I wouldn't say got in the way. It's it's got involved. Life got yeah. involved, and, and it's you had do. to be you, involved. You take on responsibilities and commitments, and that's what happens, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It, as you say, life life happens. I think in the way they explain yeah. it, life happens. Um, okay, cool, man. So, if you were to like define the spirit of your music, how would you define? That's another tricky question. But how would you define yeah. the spirit of your music? I suppose it depends. Like, I guess on the song or the record itself. I don't know. I, I was going to say that. Yeah, basically, it changes. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm, if I want to write a record because I'm angry, or want to write a song because I'm angry, then that would be probably the energy of that track. But um, yeah. I was, you know, if what defines my spirit as a musician is 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 the nineties. It's so it's the grunge and the rave scene. It's the, yeah, it's yeah. the sort of you know, and and uh, the, the spillover from the eighties power ballad kind of electro. You <laughs> oh, know, mate. don't get me started on power ballads. I love a power ballad. Yeah. Yes, there we are. That's it. So, um, love a heart wrencher. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So, like cultural influences. Do you have like? Do you, I suppose it kind of like ties in a bit with like defining the spirit of your music, I guess. But like cultural influences. Would you say you have any sort of cultural influences in your in the way you write or, or the way you perform, maybe? Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, on that whole search, as we mentioned at the beginning, whole search for authenticity, I think yeah. I've done so much uh, close watching of the 90s grunge and the indie scene and the, and the kind of the Britpop scene in particular. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was, it, it was, uh, that was so authentic at the time. And as you look back and I think, fair play you know that that was an amazing time but I feel like I feel like I didn't really you know I didn't really get out until I was uh, mid-teens 16 and then when I was 16 I kind of went I was running wild into raving and all that at that time and so the rock and the indie thing is really up up until 16 years of age and then paused until I was 23 and then that's when I started to go back into my own, you know, into my rock rock music and things like that as I was playing the guitar more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I kind of went through a similar phase. I mean, when I I started playing guitar, for those who don't know, I'm a guitarist and um, I started playing probably when I was about 13 and then I, I went through various phases. I went through, like, in my teens, I went... I went through through like a hip hop phase. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed my hip hop. I still say it's like Dre two thousand and one is one of my all time favorite oh. albums, man. Like the production, Doggy just Style everything. Was out as well. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Dog, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. Yeah, was out yeah, at the yeah. Same time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. Love it, and yeah. then uh, I went. I went through my sort of Dre, Tupac, Eminem phase. I went all through that. Oh yes. <laughs> then I came out yeah. the other end, and then I went into. Then I found like rock, and then I went into metal. Then there was, then I went to new metal, death metal. And I just went down this metal rabbit hole. But I've always had sort of like the eighties synth thing, sort of like lurking in the background, which is what something I've always been interested in. But I think it's part of a musical journey. You do generally go through these various phases and i think those phases when you're growing yeah. up are quite important as well because they're going to influence you in your styles later on specifically in your teens because when you're in your teens and you're you're finding out who you are in the world you know and you're going Absolutely, through all these different, yeah. this different music and it plays that part on you um yeah still listen to a lot of that now. yeah 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 so, it's hard to i mean it's hard to it's hard to find music i mean i might be might be showing my age now, but it's hard to find music which is moving in the sense that 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 it was in the nineties. I mean, I don't know. There was something about maybe I'm not doing enough uh, looking into music. Uh, maybe I'm not, but I think. Well, yeah, I don't know. Let that one. Let that one go. I could be just spilling opinions about music, and which basically no. show my age. You know what no, I mean? No, no, no. But I go for it. No, 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 opinions are good. Every like, yeah, opinions are good. Um, I, I, I would. I think when you get on the subject of modern pop music, you could quite easily go down a uh, down a rabbit hole of once again coming back to the key word of authenticity. You could you could quite exactly, easily go down yeah. that rabbit hole of like. This is it. It's. I find a lot of it quite disingenuous, I think. And that might be a quite a sweeping statement once again. I'm full of those, um, but quite disingenuous. Kind of feel, yeah, I kind um, of feel what you're saying. I do. I mean, there's one or two pop artists that went, you know, they stick out and it's like, oh, okay. But I think 
this it's still the sort of the machine in itself mm-hmm. you, can, you can tell that it's slapped onto these people mm-hmm. in and 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 as great as they are and, and as much as i admire the way that they sort of like really give it to the camera and and their performances as well and and, their, and the way that they interact in this new way of interacting with your, your your crowd on a more intimate level through social media i think yeah. it's all very inspiring but at the same time uh, that you know that begs the question like you say and we're you know when a formula gets inside your veins and you can't help it you know you re- you really you, i find that that becomes your pigeonhole in a sense that yeah. becomes your box or your perch your your your, your known territory and if i think upon the artists I've been most influenced by are the artists that switched and changed yeah their their you know their from one single it was it wasn't expected the next sound and that happened a lot in the 90s whereas uh, as now it doesn't really happen so much between in artists yeah yeah I totally agree I th- I think when it comes to reinventing or well, not necessarily reinventing your sound but experimenting that's why um when you listen to particular certain genres and you get certain artists, um, sort of like the the metal genre is is quite well known for this. It's like if an artist puts out a song and it's like different to what they usually do, you'll yeah. get um, you'll get a lot of it's quite it's quite divisive. I'm all for people yeah. experimenting with sound. It's like why keep putting out the same thing unless I mean if it's your bread and butter, it's what you earn, it's how you make your money and stuff like that, and you want to continue doing that, then fantastic, and you want to appeal to that particular audience, then great. But That's I think fair, yeah. I'm all for like trying different things and like experimenting and stuff like that, and I applaud anyone who does it. Um, yeah, I yeah, agree. I, I get what you're saying. I think now you could almost it's all. I don't know. I don't know if it is anymore, but I think a few years ago, when certain TV shows were at the height of their fame, it was very much a conveyor belt of, of artists. Yeah. Um, yeah. TV shows I won't I name for. Yeah, no one. Right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, conve- a conveyor belt is the is the way I saw it. It's a packaged product. Um, yeah, absolutely. It comes out the other end. But yeah. Um, so I guess like I mentioned cultural influences that define you. So references like. Mm. Where, uh, for example, when I'm when I'm writing something and I get a bit of writer's block, I will generally go online and I've got there's a particular directory of like samples and I'll go and try and find a sample and it generally inspires me or I listen to music a certain song to to write. Um, what sort of processes do you follow? Uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's different for every song. You know, once could be just playing a bunch of chords and it, yeah. or, or another one could be a, a one-line in lyric or something like that or top down a good title sound of a good title is always a good place to start but um in terms of references i've i've kind of picked up my rap um my um my rap and rock sort of skills from mike Patton and tupac yeah tupac's oh, wow. got that in intra, intricate um flows that sort of like internally rhyme with each other yeah and then what I, what I love is Mike Patton's extravagance and that mm-hmm. full-on sort of theatrical get it in your face kind of yeah, you know, yeah this is it right now for a moment um and I think one of the most freeing things was to, for me to find out the epic where uh, I think he was um I think he was 32 or 33 mid no, there, just, was, just was passed it? over there when, well, he, just, when, they, when he when they wrote Epic, I'm not sure when he wrote it, but I think oh, I watched wait, an interview when uh, when he was um, released it. Okay, um, but it you know at 30 because in one of his so- one of his other songs on the same album he mentions about a midlife crisis. That's a and great album. Like that. I cannot remember I, the name of that album, um, and it's going to really bug me. But it's a fantastic album, Faith No More, isn't it? And I cannot remember yeah. that album. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, and the thing oh. is, is when I was a kid and I was being blasted in the house, I was unaware of it, and 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 then later on, as I've come back to it, and I just thought, I like, got that. That was uh, what I love about Faith No More is the that eclectic, the musicality in in there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he's he's it, Mike Patton's influenced by so many different styles of music, and you can tell that within. Although it's metal and the sound of it is metal, the way that it breaks into half times and mm-hmm. and, and other sort of like um, Latino salsa style beats and it's it's musically I just find um, really energetic, amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was that was the rap kind of thing. In terms of um, like the rock and the pop, 
and the, and the more it's it's got to be like um going into Andy Anthony Kiedis and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, yep. but um but when it comes to the pop world, I mean, th- this is no cliche here. Like David Bowie just just blows. If you want to try and do something which is pop orientated, which I I I genuinely love. I genuinely love a bit of pop music. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you can't. I, th- I just find that what Bowie does is just incredible, incredible. So yeah, he's a massive, massive. I just love the way he's the way he sounds in his voice. That is the probably the most authentic um, a British man could possibly sound. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with the tone that he's got, and it's very. It's hard to explain, but I just find it very inspiring. Like so. That's cool, mate. What uh, go back to the Chili Peppers? What Chili Pepper album uh, would you would be your favorite Chili Pepper album? Yeah, by the way, it's just iconic for my sixteenth. Yeah, 16th, I, 15th, I was going to say the exact same album. I remember listening to right. By the Way, traveling from Taunton to Saunton and Croyd, and attempting right. to surf at the other end with some mates. Uh, by the way, yeah, fantastic album. Yeah. Oh, it's great, great album. Yeah. The song, each song after song, is like uplifting is yeah nostalgic I'm now i'm looking at the cds behind me to see if i've got oh, i know it's probably up there somewhere well oh, i've got spotify i don't even know why i'm looking at my cds man <laughs> i could just listen to my spotify um yeah no, i was i was just thinking this as well like we were scrolling on facebook and i saw a meme and it said hands up if your music collection was like this and it was a picture of some of these tape cassettes you know all yeah. like in a wooden box and i thought to myself maybe that's why i don't listen to enough music anymore is because the the tangible effect of having music meant that putting it on was a was an experience i mean like for me i can't stand to listen to spotify on my mobile phone so mm-hmm. downstairs when i'm cooking in the kitchen and i don't have a speaker yet you know like there's certain times when i'm thinking i don't really have access to the music because i refuse to listen to it on my iphone you know so the yeah. internet's about i don't know the consumer music is a bit different as well well obviously we know it's a lot different than what it used to be isn't it yeah, I totally agree. It's it's an interesting point you raised because I, I had a chat with uh, with the with the episode one of this podcast with with Zach Vortex, and we said the exact same thing because he right. releases tapes, um, actual cassette right. tapes for his music, and cassette tapes in um, the synth music arena are really really popular. So a lot of people release right. their tracks on on wow. cassette tapes, and he's collecting them. And we had this exact same discussion whereby I said I listen to Spotify, but. Unless it's a new album from an artist that I'm a massive fan of, I won't listen to the whole album as one. I'll put, right. I'll go to my light songs and I'll put it on shuffle. And it's like you say, when you have like CDs, like I've got back here, you actually put on the CD and you listen to an album the way it was designed to be listened to. They put it in a particular order because that's the way it's been designed. And you don't get that. Um, well, I suppose if you listen to the album on Spotify, you would. But yeah, you lose that experience. Um, I, yeah, I definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I bought a CD. Oh, I'd love to know no. what was the last one I bought. No, I oh, I, actually, I got a feeling I know what it was. I think it was a metal band called Silosis. I think that's what it was. Or it might, yeah, some probably some heavy metal. I imagine it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, no me. Um, so yeah, influences. So uh, I think we touched on it a bit earlier. So we go into like background. So musical background. You mentioned that earlier. So you're you're a guitarist. Uh, yeah. we, uh, we we discussed the whole uh, university side of things. So guitar-wise, self-taught? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a couple of... I, I, growing up, it was always about learning your favourite song. It was never about the technical technical side of the guitar for me. It was always like, can you play this song? Can you all yeah. look, teach how to play that song? So um, it was only when I got to university, actually, that I you know I knocked about with another guitarist who, who I would call a guitarist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's nice to say I'm a guitarist, but and I do know a lot of the chords. I can put chords together, but my music theory knowledge isn't amazing. But anyway, when I went to when they went to uni, I knocked with a guitarist, and he was amazing, and he taught me one or two things just about technique. So I, pick, I, I tend to teach myself and pick things up along the way. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I was I was self taught up until I was probably about twenty twenty one, and then I went into a studio to record an EP and um and be being metal obviously it's got to be as with any music really it's got to be like your your technique has to be spot on 
Yeah, and, yeah, and sure. I had so much string noise, like pressing down <laughs> on the on the fretboard too hard, and I was like, "Oh man, I really need to go and have lessons." And I went and saw a guitarist, uh, guitar teacher. So shout out to Dan Baker, a fantastic teacher, my ad. And um, right. he basically looked at my technique. He asked me to play a song, and I played it. And he's like, "Yeah, it's um, yeah, you're gonna have to sort that out." And muscle memory, oh, <sighs> trying to undo that after like eight years of piss poor playing. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, well, that's one of the things I think when you get into heavy metal music as a musician, I think um, there's a there's a certain there's a certain level of dexterity or nimble fingers, you know, being able to play that fast, mm-hmm. which gets you into more heavy metal more so. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, like um, I think. Because I remember being when I was teaching over in Bristol and I was teaching, I was teaching like 17 year old lads and they didn't really, you know, they were. They were amazing lads, so so sort of like um, polite and 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 timid, if you might say. Get him on that fretboard, and he's so nimble up and down. He's shredding it. He's got the Ibanez, amazing sort of blue and green. That you know the famous model Ibanez, and I just it made me think, made me really think to myself, me, I'm not a guitarist. I just put chords <laughs> together and try to sing a song over it, you know. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting the heavy metal because it really it is intricate. It's very sort of um, yeah, numbers. Totally. Yeah, but but once again, I think when it comes back to songwriting, though, I mean, are you ever a master of your instrument? I don't think you are, and like, I don't, I don't think okay. anyone's. I'll ever... take that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In general, I'm certainly not by any stretch, but I don't think I've mastered any instrument. And it, it's also it's also when it comes to like production as well. Like you never stop learning. You never stop learning how to like when you're mixing, mastering, producing, or anything like that. And I think yeah, anybody who yeah. says they have mastered it is is probably a liar. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the cool. joy of music, isn't it? Doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't appear. It's never ending. Never ending. And also on that note as well, I think if if you are if you are so inclined to wait for that that moment where you think actually I'm good enough, I think you're wasting valuable time. Just get something out, man. Just start recording. This is what I've learned in the yes. last year. It's just a case of just just start recording, release stuff, like talk to people, get influence, like network, collaborate with people. And you're just, it's so much better that way rather than just wait until you think you're good enough. Cause you're always your harshest, harshest critic. I think I say, I, I absolutely totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the reason why, um, having a smaller studio space and not getting this, the sound that I want, not being able to confidently sing the way that I want. Um, and, and all the reasons of getting into this space now, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wish I was, wish I was releasing music earlier. But at the same time, I'm kind of, you know, not to have rushed things. I think mm. I've got some amazing advice upon the upon the process of coming across the word authenticity. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, it, it was it was stop releasing stop releasing all of your short ideas online and give yourself some artistic integrity. And I went, you know, finish okay. something that's, yeah. that's nice. And when you're happy and you can really stand behind it. You can you can promote it properly, um, and I think that because that advice and the whole authenticity experience just it, it stunned stunned me, but also put me on a on a on a, a well needed pause for me to be able to process everything that I'd learned and taken yeah. on at the time. Also, get a tackle in with these new responsibilities of life, and now that everything's settled, I just feel like in a position where like. I'm ready to start giving back with it from all, all all what I've been able to take from learning so much for so long. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. around around amazing people like. Yeah, that's that's that sounds that, that sounds awesome, mate. Yeah, it's good to hear that you you're, you're writing and you're going to be releasing. Yeah. Uh, do you know? I, honestly, Mark, I have not stopped writing. I really haven't stopped writing since since leaving, and it's Are always you been continuous that quest. throughout. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been scribbling on, like thinking, "Come on, we're going to get there. We're going to get there." So, and and I think learning to sort of take a breath and go under for a little bit is is being it's been good. You get to put some some roots down and some yeah authentic <laughs> yeah authentic. Uh, I think I think you're exactly right. I I sort of did a similar thing. I think when I was when I was in the band, uh, this is before I moved to Wales. And I quit that. I've been in the band for what eight years or so, and like I, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't exchange it for anything. I had like the best time. I made some of like my best friends through it as well. I met some fantastic people, but it, all things that are good do generally come to an end. And I sort of then took so many years out of writing. I probably I didn't really write anything when I was at uni because it was more focused on the production sort of side of things when I was doing my masters. And 
Yeah. I took about like, probably a good two, like three or four years out of actually just not writing anything and then just came out the other side thinking, right, I feel feel ready to do it now. Yeah. And having yeah. that time off to regather and then figure out, actually, you know what? I think I know what sort of stuff I want to release now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Taking that time, as much as it probably contradicts what I said earlier about just release music if you have it, um, it's finding that happy balance between the two. Yeah, constant. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you've got to find. You've got to be comfortable with what it is you're putting out there. You don't want to put something out there and be sorry about it. Yeah. If yeah. you say, but at the same time, don't let. I think what the, another meme, like the world of memes now, something about that. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, something about you know being a perfectionist is about. Uh, I, I resonated with this quite a lot. Being a perfectionist is a bit about being scared of being judged, um, and I think that one of those things, one of the things that makes you authentic is when you can stand in your own truth, whether that's a hyper hyper inflated truth, but your own artistic truth, should we say? When mm-hmm. you can stand in your own artistic truth and you. And you and you stand there strong, then it it, it will come across authentic. But if you mm-hmm. can't, you know, as opposed to if you couldn't stand, if you don't quite believe in what it is that you're saying, then it's gonna come out that way. Ah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. You 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 need to back whatever you put out. I mean, yeah, you, you need to. I think that was, that's also where the integrity comes in, doesn't it? And the integrity sure. comes with that. Yeah, you yeah. certainly got to back it because no matter what happens, you're always gonna get people who. Uh, not everyone's gonna like what you do ultimately. Um, yeah, there's the critics, you know, ever ready, are they, you know? I had I, I had something along those lines. So the first track I released last year, Waiting on Your Call. Um, now, going back to what I said earlier about getting influence from samples and stuff. So this was my first dabble into, like, releasing um, synth-based music. So I went on a, on a website um, and got this sample, which I used in the song to release the track. And this is the problem of using sample banks. So I release it and I put it out there and I put it on these various groups and stuff. And then it transpires that the, the song sample had been used by another artist and released as well. So uh, straight away, I put it out there and immediate feedback, you're ripping off X, Y, Z. And like, uh, you, you gotta be, well, you gotta nice. be, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be pretty thick skin to which I like, uh, like incidentally, like the, the places where I put it and the people I corresponded with were like really, really sound about it. And I contacted the actual, the other artist about this and we had a good chat and he was just like, nah, it's cool, man. It happens and vice versa. I think it was just, it just so happened at the same time. We both found the same sample, which I like to also think great minds think alike, you know, we both thought it sounded good. So. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they, they talk a lot about the, the songwriter being, being um, like a conduit for, for something that exists outside. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what happens with music. I think music in itself and ideas based around music, um, uh, some, 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 maybe somewhat outside of us and exist in sort of the ether somewhere. Maybe, you know, <laughs> if you're writing it tuned in correctly, you might be able to receive, receive yeah. a signal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that 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 was a funny moment, and I think I think in that instance, I could have it could have quite easily I could have been like, oh man, I'm not releasing anything ever again for fear of someone turning around <laughs> and saying I'm ripping tail someone else off. And I was like, you know what, oh, I'll do it again. And I no, I won't yeah. rip someone off, but I'll release again, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, moments like sure. that, you gotta that's where your integrity and you gotta stand behind what you've done, as you mentioned earlier. Absolutely, yeah. And believe in yeah. your product to to bring yeah. in the sales spiel. Um, so sticking sticking with the background side of things, I keep going off on tangents here. Uh, challenges, <laughs> challenges. What challenges? Like musical challenges. Have have you have have you had any sort of like major musical challenges you've had to overcome? Yeah, I would say um, just learning to um, accept my own voice coming out the monitors again, recordings <laughs> of my own voice. It's been a just because I've always had this thing. You've said that um, I can't sing. You know. And and when you start to believe that you can't sing, oh, it, your body will not let you sing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I like to believe is that actually everybody's now got, not just like to believe it, you know, there's a couple of documentaries and there's science. Everybody's got a voice. It's learning how to hold hold your own voice yeah. and how to, how to get behind yourself in a sense as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, been, I've written tried to find my voice and it's taken me four years actually to try and find my voice i mean do you remember when we um we had a little go in the in the university studios and oh uh, yeah yeah i you know i was trying to get vocals right and 
it's it's amazing that we look back. The great thing about taking recordings as well is you can always look back. And what I noticed is I was playing way too hastily back then. Um, mm-hmm. And I was tensed up the moments that ever started singing. So you can't, you know, it's, you can't, you can't take off. There's no way to take off too when you've started all so uptight. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just learning how to sing and learning how to relax and learning how to record my own voice and, and how to play properly with the guitar and, um, not over overpower the playing as a, yeah. as opposed to the singing. Let the singing lead. So yeah, I've had a real sort of personal sort of um, challenge with that one, which has been. <laughs> it, it, it sounds strange, man. It's like we we went we touched on earlier about but you, you're always your harshest critic, and, it, and, it, and yeah. it's, it's that again, isn't it? And it's very much when yeah, like when you play guitar and much your, your voice is an instrument and you tense up. You can't see. It's like if you play guitar being a guitarist you tense up and I, I'd always find if I tense up and I play guitar my technique just goes to pieces and right. and, and it affects your performance but I, when it comes to singing I don't profess to have much of a singing but I do sing every like every when I'm walking around and I'm shopping and what have you I like to break into some form of song but do you think that everybody's got I mean, you mentioned it earlier do you think that everybody can sing could sing if they were properly trained what what are your thoughts? I would like to be, I would like to believe so. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you know if you got 300 people, there's going to be a, the tough fraction, you know. Yeah. But I think I, I think it was a BBC documentary. He was a young, he was a musician. He had glasses on, and he was a, he was quite a quirky character. And he he ran a choir. He turned people who couldn't sing into a, a full choir that could I sing. I vaguely remember this, but I don't know if I watched it. But I vaguely remember it. Yeah, and I think because I watched that a couple of times, I thought, you know what? Yeah, and anybody can sing. You know, you've got learning how to hold your diaphragm properly, and then your, your all this part of structure of your your larynx and where you're singing from, and all this. And and I think that I think that anyone can learn at least to hold a tune. Yeah, I'm not saying everybody is the next Celine Dion or Adele, <laughs> or you know, no, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I'd always, I've toyed with the idea for ages of like having singing lessons because every now and again I'll do something I'll be like you know what I reckon I reckon I could sing and I, maybe I'll do it one day I, 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 every now and again as well I toy with like think like, should I try putting vocals on my own tracks maybe some sort of like baritone-esque sort of like vocal maybe with a vocoder or something maybe I'll do it at some point I don't know Definitely try it out. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. At the moment, I just farm it out to, um, this just sounds very blase, but I farm it out to other people to do who could do a far better job than me. Um, no, that's it. There's, a, there's, I think, a level of, um, what's it, a level of trust in that as well. You know, when you're giving up jobs to do within your own musical project mm. and you give that up to somebody else, I mean, that's something I've had to learn, learn, learn about as well, which has been interesting. Yeah. And what I find really interesting with doing that is, um, so, so basically for those listening, I, I'll, I'll create the bed. So I'll create the track, the instrumental, and then I'll have a concept in my head generally of what I think, what songs I think sound similar and the sort of style I want. And then I'll put that out there and then I'll yeah. approach vocalists to do it. And it's not until I get that initial vocal come back and hear somebody else's take on the song that it really comes to life. And I remember the first time I did it with, I think, yeah, it was Waiting On Your Call when I first sent it out. And then um, Sophie sent it back with the vocals on. And I was just like, shit, (laughs) actually, you know what? That sounds really good. And it it is like, it's an incredible moment because to begin with, I was just listening to it and I was like, oh, it's just a song I've put together on Logic. It's just a load of MIDI and a few samples and stuff. And then it came back and I'm like, wow, man, like you put vocals on somebody else's spin. It's it's somebody else's perspective that really brought, brought the track to life. And it's yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Yeah, I can't. I cannot having that outsider influence, having somebody else. I think that's why when you think about it, I guess when artists go into the studio, they have a producer for that outsider perspective. But yeah, yeah I think for anyone listening, if you are ever stuck for ideas, just get somebody else to have a listen to it. Get somebody else to have 100%. a listen to it. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Ideas. Don't don't sit in your in your room thinking you have to do it all alone. Get somebody else to have a listen because. Yeah, that yeah. light bulb moment for me was then. And I was just like, shit, have I not done this sooner? Um, yeah. You get some interesting one comes back. Interesting ones come back though as well. Some interesting, interesting takes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So, uh, another another key question here. The secret to good music. For you, what is the secret for good music? Well, if it, what when you hear a song, for you, I, I suppose there are different facets, but what, mm. what makes it good? It's a tricky question. It is a, it is a tricky question, isn't it? I mean, the first thing that shot to my mind there was a, a memorable riff, you know, something that was a, a really good, an iconic start to a song. Yeah, a hook. A good hook, yeah, the beginning. Whatever it is, the beginning, you just know that that's the song that's that's playing, Yeah, you know, straight away. Um, so a good intro. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, ooh. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one, that is. It is, isn't it? It is. The secret to... The, I'll tell you what, if, it, if we Soul. knew... If we knew no. the secret to good music, we'd probably be all, be all a lot richer, I would imagine, if we knew the secret yeah. to good music. That's it. Yeah, yeah, we would. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the quest of music, you know, because when you hit it, it's like a sweet spot. You know, when you when that uh, intuition happens uh, and then that inspiration is flowing and then the flow state is there. Yeah. It's magic, isn't it? You know, but yeah. So. The, the way I, I, I say this is good, the way I test good music, do the inverted commas for those who can't, obviously can't see me. Um <laughs> I always do that <laughs> when I'm teaching as well. I always do that with my hands. I'm like, oh, no one can actually see me, see what I'm doing. Or I start pointing um, yes. or nodding to what someone's saying. I was like, obviously no one can see me nod. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah, it was what I tend to do is if, like, if I'm writing something and I'll do the acid test, which is I will play it to my girlfriend and then I'll wait. And if I hear her walking around humming what I've played her like an hour or so later, I'll be like, right, okay, that, that, that hook has worked. Yeah, um, sure. She's, I wouldn't say she's uh, an avid fan of the stuff, the genre that I work within, or the niche, or, mm. or niche, as I find the Americans call it. And I don't know with that. I don't know which one's <laughs> right, man. I, I've been listening, listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff, and people, and I hear a lot of Americans saying niche, and the night doesn't sound right. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to yeah. start slating Americans, but yeah, that's the way I test it. And if she's humming it later, I'll be like, okay, that's that's obviously worked. Um, so I think going back to what you said earlier about a hook, I think a hook is for mm. me that that is the sign of a, a sign of a good song. Yeah, I like um, it. I like songs that make you feel something. You know, I mean, so much, um, so much of uh, what the scene and in inverted commas, in so much music which the scene can pump out, which for me will definitely all of it sound the same. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like a song where somebody, like somebody's individual sort of soul's gone into it, and if you can feel, really feel something from the song, and and even more so the whole album, if you can feel something from the whole album these days, I think it's incredible. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think another thing as well, um, just adding to that as well, is I often think that the sign of a good song would be like if you can associate with show, associate it with a particular point in time. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said it. That you raised that point because like I, I was thinking earlier on when I was thinking, how am I going to answer the question of, you know, certain questions that we've popped up in here? And I, and I think one of the things that come into my mind was music has uh, always been a part of my life and it's not one specific genre. It's mm. it's more periods of my time, periods of my life and then genres that were very apparent or iconic yeah. songs that were apparent at that time which has become major influence. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I agree with you totally. Yeah. Cool, mate. Um, so goals and aims. So what, like, if in like 12 months, next 12 months, what, what sort of aims do you have musically? What, do you have any goals or aims? Yeah, I mean, I find myself not wanting to talk about a dream anymore. I mm -hmm. find myself wanting to make it happen. Like, I've got a single... Um, I'm going to release it. I'm not exactly expecting any miracles at the back of this single, but for me, it's been a personal journey and a, a sort of like a milestone to reach to get that first single out there and get the ball rolling. Um, so I want to say I'm just going to continue to enjoy my space in here. I'm going to experiment with my sound a little bit more. I'm going to try and stretch out of what it that that nice zone that I've created this single in now. Um, yeah. I'd like to expand out of that now because I feel like I've been writing in that zone for the past previous year, four years, 
back end of uni even still. And because I haven't recorded any of it and put it out there to, to anybody who knows me as a song or to follows my pages, it would sound new to them. Yeah. So that's why I've, you know, and I found it to be a good, a good solid foundation to put out there. So just one or two of these style of songs and then maybe uh, see, see what happens next really. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely, definitely agree with you on that one. Like a, a, a dreams are good, but if like, if you have one big sort of audacious dream, I think you can quite easily think and you have nothing in between. It can quite easily put you off, but if you have yeah. small little milestones that you just tick it off and do this, right. then eventually it becomes much more attainable. Um, well, that, that's I, mean, I think it, well, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, one day I will receive those uh, the Grammys and the Smash Hits awards <laughs> yeah. and the MTV awards, yeah. you know, one day. But you have to make it real, don't you? So and yeah, keep plugging uh, away, man. You got to keep plugging yeah. away. <laughs> well, you got to keep yeah. doing. So um, really, cool. Look at the time. I'll, uh, so if you had to give advice, say like if you had to give advice to an independent artist, a, a songwriter just starting out, like what if you had one key piece of advice? Don't give, up. Yep. Uh, don't give up in three in three points like don't give up the next bit is start young mm -hmm. and the next and the other bit is whilst whilst you're young and you're in your teens and early 20s you've got a real opportunity there to speak to more people mm -hmm. uh, and create a movement in what you're doing when you get older um that move i, I, I don't know it's the teenage energy, isn't it? It's the teenage angst energy. You know, what I'm saying is that's something to really understand Honest. as a musician and, and work to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I think once you get to our age and you've, and you've, you've, you've experienced life and you have life interfering, you, you have responsibilities and stuff. But when you're younger, you have that, yeah, like you say, that spirit, don't you? To harness yeah. that and have that, that's... ride that wave. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, you know, when we look back at the 90s, I mean, for us, for me, like indie pop sounds like the New Radicals and R.E.M., those type of bands were adults, you know, the, the lead singers were, you know, they were, they were in the 30s themselves. So, but that's not the kind of music the kids listen to, is it? You know, and I think that that's the kind of point I'm making. When you're a youngster and you're making music, really, really go for it. Go yeah. hard. Go hard for it. Is that the New Radicals? Did they release... I, I only remember one song from the New Radicals. Am I thinking of the right, the right band? I can't even remember yeah. what it's called. You only get what yeah, you that's give. it. Yeah, and so the video, music video is in like a... Um, <laughs> oh, the music video was in a, a shopping centre. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Ah, and you know what, what we said earlier about singles? associating it with, with moments in time? I associate that song... Now, this is going to sound like really nerdy, but I, I'm like a big into Star Wars and I used to play Star Wars cards when I, when, when right. I was at school, man. And <laughs> I remember picking up this expansion pack that I'd saved up for and I got in the car and I opened it and, and, the, new, and the new Radicals were playing on the radio. It was like one of the defining <laughs> moments. Poignant. Oh, oh, yeah, that was Excellent. so good. Oh, I sold it. it was really sad. I sold all those when I moved. I wish I had Oh, them. no. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my days I totally forgot oh. about that up until that moment but yeah that, that pretty much just exemplifies what I said earlier about yeah um, relating songs with moments in time yeah that's it um, so I was gonna I was gonna say to you like if you had one song from you to listen to which one would it be but I, I don't know if that if oh that's a difficult oh alright yeah it's Bohemian Rhapsody yeah Queen I was I was in um it was my very first music music lesson that I ever remember. And the teacher said, right, everybody close your eyes. I'm going to play a piece of music and, uh, nice. and, and, and see where it goes. And I was off. I was in a complete different world. So, yeah, like, it's just one of those songs, isn't it? That you, like, it takes you through all emotions mm -hmm. and then leaves yeah. you back at the start and it, with, with something else. Did you do music at school? Is it like uh, GCSE? I, I did do music at GCSE, yeah. Um I think what that that lesson I was on about was you know primary school, oh. one of the going back you know sort of uh, yeah it must have been year two or three I was about seven or eight. I think I, I have these moments where I think back when I, I remember when I was at primary school and we had like our primary school teacher and I remember a defining moment whereby we were doing PE and she put on the Eurythmics and it was so oh. weird <laughs> we were like listening to the Eurythmics whilst doing PE. Yes. 
And I, I listen, think back to it now. I was like, what was all that about? But at the same time, I was kind of like, all right, we're listening to the Sweet Dreams while doing PE. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. It was so weird. Yeah. Oh, was Honestly, so Annie Lennox was a massive part of my young, young childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, and her voice, like, yeah, my mom, I could just imagine. But every time I listened here, I just imagine my mum like uh, polishing all of her brass collection. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listening to Danny Lennox. Oh my big days. giant bangle earrings and great big hair. The eighties yeah. spillover on it. It was great. I wish I was born in the eighties. I might have been a glam rock star. <laughs> oh, you know what? I had this conversation all the time with my mates. We all get around. We all sit around and uh, we're all into our metal and stuff. And we'll sit there. And we'll li- we'll li- we'll listen to like Def Leppard, Rat, Warren, all these all these bands. Yeah, like, man. I wish I was in a band in the eighties. Probably yeah. wouldn't be any different. But Christ, you know, I don't know. It would have been so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, definitely oh. the wrong era. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, uh, so if you, I suppose it's a similar question to to what I asked about and just now about Bohemian Rhapsody. But if you could only listen to one more song, if you could only listen to one more song for the remainder of your existence, Ooh. what song? Oh, I thought thought that question was a record. You see, you know, like an right, album. I'd say what? Yeah, let, let's let's switch out. Let's go record. That that way it makes it a bit a bit easier. It's a little bit different. It would be Pink Floyd, The Wall. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, when I was a kid, you know, like my mum's rocker, Stone of Days, and when I was uh, those people, that album was just because um, the way that it, the way that some of the music breaks out from the ethereal and then it goes right into that great big wall of sound, power mm. rock. That it's it's that it's sort of like whoa for me gets me every single time so yeah. if i wanted one album which had everything in there for me in a full album it would be that and also uh, i absolutely love the politically charged narrative between it throughout the album it's incredible when you grow older and you look back on it and you see it, it's i just think it's an absolute masterpiece of art it's yeah. incredible music. yeah i totally agree man did you did you ever see the uh, the video of uh, with roger waters is playing because um, obviously he did his tour. I think I think it was called the Wall, and then Dave Gilmore just randomly suddenly appears at the top of the wall during his performance. Have you seen that on YouTube? No, no. Uh, you, should, you should check that out. That's that's quite. I think I'm fairly certain it's during Comfortably Numb, and he he just okay. appears out of nowhere for the solo for Comfortably Numb, and it is um, worth a watch. It is so good. You got Roger Waters, and he's just like banging on this wall, and then suddenly Dave Gilmore just appears out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I will do. So, I, I, yeah, just in the middle of typing it in now. So, yeah, uh, yeah, good, good. I look for that. Yeah, it's good. Um, that's about it, mate. I don't know if um, you've got anything. If you want any, what I'm going to do is I'll put the links into like your social media and stuff anyway into the bottom of the podcast. But sure, um, thanks. Any, I don't suppose you've got any key dates or anything coming up for releases. I suppose it's all very fluid. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I just had a conversation with my. Um, one of the guys who's helping me put some content together there. And he said, he was entirely up to me. And I, and because it is, I think I'd like to keep it fluid. So I'll just say some, yeah. uh, late February. Okay, might be, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Late February. It's, it's pretty much there almost, but you know, when you want to, you know, you don't want to rush. It's all about pulling that promo, promo material together now. And I yeah, think, yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. I've forgotten how long that takes. I know, right. This well, is it. You see, it's a longer process. Um, well, what we'll do is, mate, uh, it'd be quite cool to catch up like, later on in the year and see how it's all gone. Sure. Yeah, yeah be, that'd, that'd be, be great. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. So, as I say, uh, links, etc. I'll put into the, the social media at the bottom. But, yeah, cheers for chatting today, mate. It's been great. It's been good to catch oh. up. It's always yeah, good to talk about music. Yeah, thank you very music. much for having me on, Mark. No cheers. worries, man. I'll see no you again worries. soon. I'll catch you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. See you, mate. And there we have it. That is the end of episode two. A huge thank you to Tony Fitz for dropping by. Keep an eye out for Fitz's releases. Social media links are available in the episode description. I hope you're able to take something away from this episode and please do leave a comment or review. The main way to improve is through your feedback. And please do subscribe at the same time. If you would like to know more about me as producer, mix and mastering engineer, please do visit my website, markmatthewsproducer.com or reach out via Facebook and Instagram. A website and social media links are provided in the episode description. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and look out for episode three, which will drop in two weeks, Tuesday, 6 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Once again, 
Thanks for listening. Whoa, before you go, make sure to snag your free test master from Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my steadfast dedication to quality and that personalized touch. And here's the kicker, it's absolutely free, no cost at all. Simply head over to synthmusicmastering.com or click the link in the episode description to claim your free test master.